This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. With gas prices hitting an all-time high in Canada this week, an expert has some advice for boosting your mileage and saving cash at the pumps. Some of it you probably already know, but it's good to keep in mind. The Canadian Automobile Association's Teresa DeFoulis says, avoid idling, use cruise control to keep your speed steady during long distances, and plan your trips before hitting the road. She adds, avoiding hard braking and jackrabbit starts when the traffic light turns green can also save you money. Other tips, make sure your vehicle is well-maintained, make sure engine filters are clean, brake fluids are topped up, and tire pressure is really important. Over- or under-inflated tires can use more gas. Another thing, be strategic about air conditioning. It's a big drain on your mileage, especially if you idle and crank it up in hot weather just to cool off before you head out on a drive. And something you might not think about, the roof rack. If you're not using it, take it off. It's less drag, and that means better mileage. And this is the end of an era in consumer electronics. After more than 20 years, Apple is discontinuing the iPod. The iPod music player really was the key ingredient to the MP3 revolution and helped kickstart Apple's meteoric evolution from a fringe computer company into the world's biggest company. But they've moved on. The iPod Touch, the only version of the portable music player still being sold, will be available until supplies last. Then after that, not a single iPod will be available from Apple. Since its launch in 2001, the iPod took on a storm of competing music players, always came out on top. I mean, remember the Microsoft Zune? Probably don't. And that's why. Uh, But now that we all have smartphones that basically do the same thing, Apple has decided the iPod is now just part of history. Elon Musk's mega deal to acquire Twitter is temporarily on hold, according to a tweet put out by Musk himself yesterday. He says he wants to verify Twitter's claim that spam or fake bot accounts make up only 5% of its total users. A lot of insiders believe the number of fake Twitter accounts is a lot higher than 5%. The big question now is, is Musk using the issue of fake bots as a way to get out of the deal? Musk did follow up with another tweet yesterday that just said, still committed to acquisition. And rising interest rates may be slowing down runaway real estate prices. That's according to the BC Real Estate Association. Their chief economist, Brendan Ogmanson, says because of the rising interest rates, BC is on the path to normalizing when it comes to real estate, which could come as a relief to a lot of people. The BCREA also says there is still a shortage of places to buy, and that continues to put upward pressure on prices. The number of homes sold fell nearly 35% this April compared to a year earlier. The average price, however, was still higher 
just under 13% more expensive than the year before. As well, the number of places to buy was lower than last year. There were 7.5% fewer properties listed for sale in April 2022 than there were the same time last year. Though the BCREA says that number is starting to accumulate in some areas as the demand slows. So it looks like uh, we are slowly beginning to see more properties out there to buy. So some interesting developments in the world of real estate. And up next, we'll talk to our man in the field, John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. He's on the street, on the pulse of what's happening in the real estate market. We'll get some of his insight when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And this past week, the BC Real Estate Association said that rising interest rates seem to be leading to a small drop in demand. Uh, The BC REA said because of rising interest rates, BC is on the path to normalizing when it comes to real estate, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting. What is it, what is what does that mean? Normalize, uh, especially in a in a market that is so unnormal. Well, to help us with that, our guest this afternoon is uh, an expert in real estate. He's on the ground. Uh, he's in the field, and uh, he's John Carlson from Two Percent Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. JohnnySmartPoint.com is where he is on the net, and he's with us now. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Martin. Doing well. Thank you. Great. So what does it make you think? You know, talking about real estate, you're in the trenches. You see it every day. What does it make you think when you hear the term normalize? What does that mean to you? Well, uh, you know, that's a good question. We, we've been talking every two weeks for the past, you know, year or two about the market and we've been talking about some of these changes coming up. So, you know, the word normalizing is, is a nice soft word. It's, it's not scary. Um, and I think, I think that whenever we're talking about the real estate market, it's very important, especially when there are changes happening to keep a perspective. And, uh, you know, I think so perspective is important. Sometimes you might read a report or a prediction or a statistic and, you know, you don't really know, does that apply to Canada wide? Is it greater Vancouver only? Um, you know, how accurate might it be? And oftentimes I think that people can, uh, you know, get a, maybe a little bit carried away both in an optimistic sense or in a pessimistic sense. And I'm reading all kinds of things now coming out as, you know, the public's is becoming aware that, you know, the real estate market is, is changing. And, you know, we've talked about some of the reasons for that. So the word normalizing, I think, is actually a pretty good uh, word to use about what's happening in the market. Because, you know, again, back to perspective, we might look at a statistic that says the most recent month on record for Greater Vancouver, April of 2022, when we compare that to a year ago, the sales were down more than a third. So a significant drop. But underlying that, you'll see a a little note in the statistics that says, you know, we're not too far off the 10-year average in terms of the number of sales for the month of April. So perspective comes into play when you start to think, what are we comparing to? Well, as as we've been talking about for a long time, we've been comparing uh, a market in the recent past that is, you know, the all-time hottest, most excited market that we've seen with the highest pricing we've ever seen in Greater Vancouver and the the biggest discrepancy between supply and you know demand. So uh, it, it, the word normalizing to me is, is a, an accurate word. I think we're going to see the market continue to change and adjust because 
time is a factor. I mean, things don't all happen at once. And, um, you know, the market tends to adjust over time if the uh, situation, you know, it remains the same for that time. So I think we're going to see a normal market where a seller can achieve a good sale price. Chances are it's not going to be where it might have been in the absolute peak of the market. But historically, our prices are still quite high. The supply is still quite low. Um, interest rates, of course, are stepping up bit by bit, and that's making affordability, uh, you know, a little bit more of a concern for for buyers. And and really, the overall feeling is that the market is going to go back to a time when a seller can put a house on the market and have to be competitive, and a buyer can take some time and do an inspection and. Uh, you know, do all their due diligence and maybe, you know, make a decision that's not based on panic. So a normal market to me, I'm I'm welcoming it. Um, and we're just going to have to see, like everybody, how all of these changes play out in the next few months. So back to normal. Uh, we're talking to John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is where you can find him on the net. Uh, you can also email him at, at John at JohnnySmartPoint.com. And uh, yeah, so so normal is good. And uh, normal uh, is, is definitely not what we've been seeing uh, over the last uh, couple of years because of COVID. And one of the things, or the main thing, according to the BC Real Estate Association, is interest rates. And uh, interest rates going up uh, in the short term can mean kind of an interesting thing because I guess a lot of people lock in the old interest rate and they have a limited time. So, so that could see a bit of a, a surge in the market, right? Yeah, you're right. The you know the interest rate changes sometimes shake the tree, so to speak. And people who have these rate guarantees is still in effect from the olden rates. Let's call them two percent, roughly, or or a little below, uh, are now looking at things saying, "Hey, if I buy within the next say thirty days, I still get that rate." But boy, now the new rate's four percent or four and a half percent, and that really cuts into my buying power. So. Anytime there's a, a rate change in the upward direction like that, it tends to shake the tree for those serious buyers who are, are looking. And, and, you know, anecdotally, I have had, um, you know, a number of my listings lately uh, where offers have come in and they've been relatively quick completions. You know, I had one recently with a, um, it was a tenanted property and the buyer wanted to complete real early, but not take possession until later because they didn't really want the tenant, but they wanted that rate guarantee. And we had to do some massaging with that offer to get the dates and everything to work. But, you know, it is a, a little bit of evidence that there are buyers out there looking to act quickly while they can still get those rates of financing. And my my guess is, and my experience over the years has been when when interest rates do continue to climb, we get that initial bump, but then there tends to be a little bit of a trough after that where people who, you know, they've acted ahead of the, you know, the, the rate change. And now that the rate change has taken effect, maybe they're waiting to see what happens next. So again, we're, we're in a market where, you know, nothing is, is, is set in stone and everything. It's, it's a dynamic that continues to change. And I think it's important if you're buying or if you're selling to make sure you understand the dynamics of the environment that you're going to be operating in. And uh, knowing kind of which way things are pointing and maybe how to, you know, approach a sale of a home, given the information that we have in the market. So interesting times, of course, they're always interesting in the real estate business. And, and you know, really, is there a normal in greater Vancouver? I'm not so sure, but things have calmed down. Yeah. Will there ever be a normal in Vancouver? Uh, the normal is pretty abnormal. Um, and we've talked to a lot of your clients uh, on this show, people you've helped sell their homes. And, uh, 
almost every single one of them said that they didn't feel rushed by you. And I know that's the last thing you want to sound like is a hard sale, a hard sell kind of uh, real estate agent. But it sounds to me as if um, this might be a really good time to get off the fence and sell a property if if you're thinking about it. Is, would, would you say that's that true? For the right situation and the right people, yes, it could be a, a wonderful time to sell. Um, you know, prices are down a little bit. And, and, you know, funny, statistically, the pricing change hasn't really shown up much yet. But believe me, in the market, it's out there. There's a bit of a change. And, um, you know, maybe there's more of that coming. So, uh, you know, thanks for mentioning it. I, I, I've always tried to make sure not to be a pressure salesperson. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants that. Uh, and so I try to just give good factual information and, and, and maybe some ideas and some supporting, uh, you know, stories about what I'm seeing out there to help people make good decisions. But truthfully, meeting people right now, I'm, you know, I'm going to great efforts to say, hey, look, you know, I'm not a guy that rushes people. But in your situation, you really might want to think about listening at, say, this week and maybe not three months from now, if, if this is your plan, if I understand things correctly. And and even maybe some of these listeners that have that have talked to me um, and listened to this program, you might be getting a call from me this week just to let you know that, hey, you know, we talked two months ago, three months ago, and this was the situation, the status. I just want to give you an update and let you know what's going on now so you're in a good position to make a good decision. And, and for a lot of people, I think that a good decision, if you're cashing out and moving into a, a smaller market, maybe out of town or downsizing, um, it might be a good time to take advantage of, you know, what still amounts to uh, very close to record high pricing. We're talking to John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is where you can find him on the internet. You can give him a call 604-612-0080 and emails also good. John at JohnnySmartPoint.com. So maybe for the people out there who are kind of maybe on the fence and thinking about jumping in and selling a property and sort of taking advantage of this market at the moment. I mean, what's the, what's the process like, uh, if, if somebody went to johnnysmartpoint.com and contacted you, um, I mean, what, what is the process? How, how does that work? Well, um, I get a lot of phone calls or, you know, I get phone calls on a regular basis from people thinking about selling or emails or they go to my website and they, they drop a, you know, a message to me from there. Um, and, and usually, you know, it just, it, I like to call people back and talk to them or send a quick email and just say, Hey, you know, what do you want to talk about? And oftentimes people will have questions and maybe that's as far as it goes on the first call. Other times people say, why don't you come out and meet with me, uh, you know, and my wife or my family, whatever it might be, and uh, take a look at our property and tell us what you think. And maybe, you know, maybe we can interview you and see if you're the kind of person we might want to work with when it comes time to sell. So I, I generally make appointments to to meet people at their convenience. Um, I like it when people show me their homes and give me, you know, an idea of kind of what their thoughts might be. And and then, you know, from that point of view, we talk about agency. And if they want me to step into the role of an agent, it's non-committal to them. But we can talk about anything in in complete confidence. And, um, you know, I, I'm an open book to people. I, I acknowledge that things change on a daily, weekly basis in this real estate market and that I'm not a decision maker. I don't decide where prices go. But my job is to interpret the market based on my day-to-day -day experience and give people you know, factual information that they can use to make, again, make a good decision because it's so easy in this business to get caught up in what you read last month and what your neighbor did last month. And maybe, you know, what the, some person 
uh, you know, wrote a newspaper article about what they think might happen six months down the road. And there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of unknown. But when you really cut down to the chase and get to what's real, you can take a look at your segment of the market in your area. And I can find out for people what how well listings are performing that you might be competing against. I can, you know, give people my feel in terms of how to go about a strategy of selling, because in my opinion, that whole strategy thing has changed quite a bit from three months ago. You might want to take a different tack than you may have before. But again, my job is to be there for them, to answer any questions, leave the door open for them to call me anytime they want. And, uh, you know, I tell people, if you hire me to do the job, I'll do a good job for you and we'll get a good result. But to do that, you need to know what you're, what you're operating in and what the smart move is for you. Right the Johnny smart point move. Um, and I guess that perspective, I mean, we're, we're talking about perspective in the market, but also perspective on that individual home, because it's, it's a funny thing. Selling a home that you've been in a long time is, is the, like for, for most people, it's sort of the biggest, uh, transaction they'll ever make. Uh, you know, their most important investment of their life, yet it's not something they do very often. So, and maybe they've been living in the house for a long time. So I, I guess a lot of people uh, maybe don't have the perspective on, on what the house is worth. And, and I guess it, it, it might be good just to get a, a, a second set of eyes on that. And that, you know, that is part of it. Where do you start in terms of your list price? Um, and what are your expectations in terms of price and timing? But it, I think it goes even further than that, because even if you, uh, you know, list your property accurately, uh, let's say accurately, price-wise, on the market, and you get some activity, you still have to go to the next step of things, which is to entertain offers and negotiate. And negotiating uh, on, a, on a listing, on a house that's for sale as a listing agent, really has a lot to do with justifying the price. You you know, I've said it before, you don't necessarily get what your property is worth when you sell, you get what you can justify and what you can defend. And so, you know, a, a good agent who has a good understanding of recent sales and current listings and trends in the market, and then also just a, the ability to communicate a seller's position effectively to a buyer and a buyer's agent to get them maybe to see things the way you want them to see. That's that's a big part of it as well. So right. I think that a big part of my job is to help people defend the prices that they do have to the best of my ability and get you know the best result in the negotiating process. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the place to go. We're talking to John Carlson uh, and you can uh, send him an email at john at JohnnySmartPoint.com. We're talking about the market. Uh, the BC Real Estate Association says we're on the road to normalization and we'll have more with uh, John Carlson when we return right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong and my guest is John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can uh, give him a call at 604-612-0080 or just go to the website, johnnysmartpoint.com. And if you're looking to uh, sell a property, John is the the person to talk to. And uh, John, I guess this is a busy time. It's been, the weather's been a little iffy, but uh, so things have been good. You've been keeping busy. Oh yeah. No, the, you know, I continue to be busy and I, you know, I generally stay, stay busy throughout the year. Um, And yeah, the weather's been a little disappointing, but um, you know, I've, I've had a good week. Actually, maybe it might be a good time for me to congratulate a couple of clients that I, that I have who have successfully sold. Um, 
their homes. Um, one of them, I'd just like to say hi to Dave and Donna. They might be listening and uh, congratulations on the sale of your home. We just had that finalized this last week and uh, it was only on the market for maybe about a week. Um, so that was, it was a nice, it was a nice one, right around 1.9 million and a house in Langley. So again, great working with the Dave and Donna. I know we're going to continue working together and we've got our eyes open. So I want to say congrats. And also Billy and Kim, uh, congratulations to you as well. We just had uh, a firm sale of a condo in Port Coquitlam. And uh, so that's, that's, you know, kind of nice to have. And, you know, maybe while I'm, while I'm at it talking about my, my personal business, I've got another, a new listing that I just took that might be interesting. Or it will be interesting to somebody. And this is a, a condo in uh, in Coquitlam. It's listed at six ninety nine nine. And the neat thing about this condo is it's a quarter unit. It's almost twelve hundred square feet. You know, go to my website and take a look at the pictures. Big, generous rooms, um, deluxe finishing throughout. So you can you know full size furniture, and uh, you got all kinds of room and everything from like lit mirrors in the ensuite, heated towel racks, Spanish tile. They've even done uh, like a custom door to a private patio uh that you'd have to see it's a door in the kitchen that's kind of half door half window but it is a door and you step out to a to a patio that nobody else has in the building so it's kind of a neat one check it out the address is number 203 2733 atlin and uh, that's the newest listing that i have and i thought i'd throw a plug in for that one too yeah go to johnnysmartpoint.com and you can see that listing and uh, you had me at heated towel racks that just <laughs> sounds pretty good I guess it's yeah, those, it's the little things. It could be the most beautiful property, but uh, <laughs> people fixate on oh heated towel racks. That and this one's great. got all kinds of little nuggets like that. It's a really beautiful condo. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes it really fun to show to people. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked uh, about uh, some of the properties that you've sold recently, and a lot of these clients. When we talk to your clients, are people you've worked with before. And, uh, and, and there's that kind of loyalty and, uh, I guess that's, uh, an important part of your business, uh, is, is making connections with people. And, uh, these are connections that have lasted a long time. Yes. You know, my, I think my business is a really nice mix of people calling me for the first time. I still get a lot of those sorts of clients. And then it's always great to get a referral from one of your past clients. Hey, my sister wants to sell and I gave her your name because, you know, that that's a compliment and uh, and it keeps me going. So I, I have a mix of, of those sorts of things and past clients who call and they're ready to sell again. So I welcome, you know, calls from from all these kind of people uh you know of course my job is to make people happy enough to want to recommend me and that's always a goal in the back of my mind so uh, yeah if you give me that call i'll i'll make sure you get the same experience yeah and if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com you can get all the contact information and i think it's it's worth pointing out you're you you've been in this this business for 20 plus years you've sold more than a thousand properties and you're a busy realtor you're a, a very, very, very busy guy. So if somebody phones you to talk about selling their place, um, this is not, it's not a case where you're going to be phoning them every day after that. No. And, you know, I, I, I want to make sure people don't think I'm too busy. You know, I, I take <laughs> listings that I think I can sell properly and work and do a good job for people. And I, I don't overbook myself. Um, but, you know, it is kind of nice. Uh, being in the business, you know, 26 years now and having, you know, a clientele and having uh, some recognition and name recognition out there where, you know, I, I don't have to um, be a pest to people. And I, you know, I do remember when I was a new agent, I used to cold call or, 
you know, sometimes people have a fear of, you know, calling a salesperson of any kind and, and making contact. And then every two days you get an email or a phone call for the next four years saying, Hey, are you ready to sell? How about today? How about today? Well, you know, I don't really have time or the inclination or the desire to do any of that, but it's nice being in my position in that I can meet with people. And if I fit into their plans and they, you know, I can give them some information and if they want to hire me to go from there, I'm more than willing and able. So, you know, that's how I work. If, if someone wants to contact me to talk about their plans, they don't have to worry about, um, you know, having a newsletter from me at every week and a call and any sort of pressure whatsoever. I, I keep contact. I invite people to call me when they're ready. And I think that's the best way to do business. And johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And, you know, for people who don't know uh, the name SmartPoint, um, let's let's talk about that because you are a 2% realtor, which I think is important uh, that people know that because you're a high-end realtor. You're, you're good at what you do and uh, you've been doing this a long time, but it's still a, a value that people get with a 2% realtor, which saves them money. Uh, I mean, it's real money that you're saving with a 2% real realtor. So, so that's the Johnny smart point. That's where that comes from, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, I, I could be saving people money. Of course, people have all kinds of choices and there are no set commission rates. When I say, tell people that I'm saving them money, I'm comparing to the, the most common commission structure out there and by far the most common commission structure out there, which would be 7% of the first hundred thousand dollars of your sale price plus two and a half or three percent of the balance of your sale price so based on that in the price range i'll save people maybe 35 percent of their commission costs uh, but again you know there are all kinds of options people can put their own side in the yard and do it for nothing if they want to and, and you know power to them if they can do that and do a good job for themselves and, uh, but the smart point really has to do with you know value and performance so you know i, I try to give better value right off the top you know, I'm, I work for the commission structure that I work for, and it generally is a savings, a significant savings over most of the other agents people are talking to. And, you know, but people don't want to pay less for an inferior product and or service. So the performance is also important. So I, I've said this before, if you're choosing an agent, a real estate agent to represent you in a sale or a purchase, you know, it's probably your first and foremost concern should not necessarily be the commission. I think it should probably be the, 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 the capacity, the capability, the performance level of the agent that you're interviewing and, and how well you work with them. You need to feel uh, comfortable working with that agent. You need to be comfortable that you can trust that agent and what they're telling you is, you know, the facts and nothing but the facts kind of thing. So commission also enters in there because there's a, you know, there's a value proposition. So my theory is that if I provide excellent value and excellent service and my track record speaks for itself that that's 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 something that people should consider at least uh, to give me an interview if they're thinking of selling and if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com j o h n n y smartpoint.com you can um, you can actually see a chart and you can see what a 2% realtor uh, means in terms of saving you money on commission, uh, depending on how much the property is estimated to go for and all that. And, and we've been talking earlier about this market. The BC Real Estate Association is saying that while prices are still very high and they're still higher than, than they were last year, the the number of sales is going down and they believe it's because of rising interest rates and they say it's it's on the path to normalizing the real estate market in the lower mainland which is you know who's to say what's normal but we were talking about how it could be a 
a good time to, to jump into this market. And, uh, which I, I think probably for a lot of people who are downsizing and they've been thinking about downsizing, um, they've probably been thinking about it for a while. So, so what do you say to people uh, who are, who are maybe a little hesitant, uh, to jump in the market? I mean, what are, what, are, what do people need to do? For example, if they've been in, say they've been in a house for 20 years, um, you know, the stuff piles up. What, what do you say to people who are sort of thinking about selling a house? What are the first steps to making that house more saleable? Well, there's a lot of things to consider. Um, it's not, not like it's rocket science, but you do want to balance, you know, whatever the goals might be. So again, my first step would be to listen and understand what the goal might be. So for instance, uh, we might be talking about a retired couple whose entire financial future is invested in their primary residence and they have an opportunity to maybe move to a smaller town in British Columbia and, you know, put a significant amount of money in their pocket and, and buy another property. So for someone like that, uh, I might suggest, hey, here's the situation with the market right now in your segment. Um, things are, are pointing downward. The party's over, more or less. We can still do quite well as long as we have reasonable expectation limits. And I might outline, you know, some of my thoughts on pricing and all that sort of thing. But I might say to someone, you know, the, whereas before when the market was really hot, in fact, I've got a, a new listing, another new listing right now where, you know, it was an estate sale and they thought, gee, should we put it on now or should we wait for probate? And maybe it could use a little bit of fixing up and tidying up. And I said, you know what? Time's on your side. The market is doing nothing but going up every month. Statistically, it's going up. And this was back in September, maybe October. And I said, why don't you take your time? Let's let probate clear its way through. Go ahead and retile those floors and clean up that kitchen because, you know, the place is vacant now and we'd like it to show well. So they took the time and now we've listed it. And of course, the market appreciated in that time. But that those same people today, I would probably say, hey, look, you know what? Time is not necessarily on our side. Maybe we should um, do what's quick and easy to get this done, but let's not invest three or four months into getting it ready because there's a lot of uncertainty what might happen in the next three or four months. And, and the way things are going right now, prices seem to be softening. So it really comes down to, you know, whatever the goals might be of that of that person and what their situation is. And, and that's why it's kind of a case by case basis. But no matter what the situation is, my job is to uh, listen and provide good advice to people based on my own experience. And, and really, you know, in that way, my job is quite simple. And that's an example why you really want an experienced realtor, because even though the market, the, the prices are high, things are selling relatively quickly, it is a changing market and a changing market is kind of a tricky market. And things like uh, knowing at what point to list it and, and, and how to get the most, you know, maybe um, at a time when there's going to be multiple bids, you really need to, to know exactly what you're doing. Yes. I mean, that, that never changes. And I think that's the reason that, that real estate agents are, are still in business. I mean, uh, if you, if you cannot provide some value to a transaction, you know, typically you don't exist. So, uh, like in, in any business, there are people with more experience and less experience and certain skills versus others. So you want to choose somebody who you're comfortable with, but I can tell you in any market, um, a good agent who charges a reasonable fee and gives you good advice and produces a good result more than pays for itself. So that's why I'm still in this business after 26 years. And my focus doesn't change day after day after day. I'm reading the market. I'm talking to other agents. I'm talking to sellers. I'm talking to buyers. I'm negotiating transactions. I'm hearing from mortgage brokers. 
I'm getting feedback from all these different angles. And my job is to really bring that information in an understandable package to a potential seller and say, hey, here, here are my thoughts. Let's talk about this. And uh, again, the, the client is always the decision maker. And my job is to report back to my client and help them be successful. John Carlson, you know him as Johnny Smart Point, and uh, you can find him on the net at johnnysmartpoint.com. You can give him a call, 604-612-0080, or an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, John, uh, best of luck, and we'll talk to you in a few weeks, and uh, just keep at it. Yes, I'll be back. Enjoy. Let's hope for better weather. Right. Thanks, John. John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. And up next, have you ever had Billy Miner pie or been to the Billy Miner pub in Maple Ridge? Well, Billy Miner is kind of a legend in these parts. And when we come back, it's the amazing story of the gentleman bandit and what happened to him on this day just outside of Kamloops in 1906. That's next. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Do you ever have Billy Miner pie? It's a very rich dessert that was created at the Keg restaurant, but it's kind of become legendary. You can find recipes all over the internet. It's a mocha ice cream cake with Oreo crumb crust. There's also the Billy Miner pub in Maple Ridge. So the big question is who was Billy Miner? Well, if you don't know, he holds the distinction of being Canada's first train robber. He was also known as the gentleman bandit because of his impeccable manners. I'll just uh, relieve you of that bag of money, uh, kind sir. Uh, he is also famous for insisting that his men never shoot to kill. And it was on this day, May 14th, 1906, that Billy Miner was captured in his camp outside Kamloops. The Vancouver Province newspaper reported that the three members of his gang were caught in the afternoon after a skirmish with a provincial constable and a small detachment of Northwest Mounted Police. The latest heist happened just over two weeks previous on April 29th, and it was a complete failure. Miner and his boys got away with a whopping $15.50 and a bunch of pills to treat post-nasal drip. I don't know what the pills were doing with the money, but it was not the big haul they were hoping for. Police say they showed up, surrounded the camp. A few shots were fired by Miner and his men, and it was then that one of them took a bullet in the thigh and they surrendered. Miner was pretty famous at that time. He was written about a lot in the newspapers with stories about the gentleman bandit. But even so, it took a full day before police realized it was him. He had been pretty much retired by that time, living quietly in the BC interior under the name George Edwards. And uh, he really was uh, a famous. I mean, he was the gentleman bandit. And uh, it's believed that Billy Miner is the first crook to popularize the phrase, hands up. <laughs> yeah, that's his. So whenever you hear somebody say, hands up, it was apparently Billy Miner who first started using that. Um, after they arrested him outside of Kamloops, they finally figured out that they had Miner. It took them a day because uh, uh, they didn't know who he was, and uh, they finally figured it out. And he was sentenced to life in prison in New Westminster's BC Penitentiary, where he would live the rest of his days. No, of course he didn't. He was Billy Miner. A year after the sentence, he staged a daring escape and got away. 
He was never captured again in Canada, though he moved to the U.S. where he escaped from prison there twice. He died in prison in Georgia. They made a Canadian film about Billy Miner in 1982. It was called The Gray Fox. It was really good. And along with the Billy Miner Pie and the Billy Miner Pub, the Tin Whistle Brewing Company, which is a microbrewery from Penticton, recently launched a red ale titled Hands Up as a tribute to Billy Miner. So Billy Miner captured on this day in 1906, just outside Kamloops. And coming up next on Vancouver Consumer, while we're getting soaked at the gas pumps, the companies that are selling the gas are cleaning up. That and a look at how you can spruce up the floors in your home with a visit from End of the Roll. I'm Martin Strong. That's all coming up next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.